You are Locked On Bama, your daily podcast on the Alabama Crimson Tide, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey again, everybody, and welcome back into Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me, and Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Well, I was fine until two seconds ago. Now I'm watching a black cat cross into a cemetery. That's uh, that's not good news, is it? Um, it's not if you're Auburn's basketball program, but we'll talk about that in just a minute. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, that that is a subject for another segment of this show. This show, by the way, is brought to you by Built Bar, and we will talk about Built Bar in just a bit. <clears throat> we will talk about the aforementioned Auburn basketball situation here in just a minute. But first, I think we need to talk about the joyless murder ball that is Alabama. And I thought it was funny. Um, you had a tweet. We talked about joyless murder ball and wad ball, as Saban lovingly calls it, And last week. And you know what? Last Saturday against Kentucky was the best example of joyless murder ball that there's ever been. It was, if you ever wondered, hey, what do they mean? When they say joyless murder ball, you tweeted this and it was dead on. That's what it was. The win, a 60 point win against an SEC foe. And somehow, some way, including yours truly, and probably you, we kind of felt like mm, there's a lot we could have done better. Well, it was, it was boring. <laughs> I mean, I mean, boring, boring's not the right word, but I, when I think of joyless murder ball and I think of that game, I think it's, we completely annihilate and destroy someone. And it's not all really that much fun because we do it sort of methodically. It's not exciting. It's not the Harlem Globetrotters. It's not a lot of fancy stuff. Uh, we've done it so many times that it's, uh, it's kind of like a movie we've seen before. Uh, there was just nothing... We didn't, like you said, we didn't even play that great. We could have played better. The first 15 minutes of the game, first, actually the first 20 minutes of game time, we really didn't play that well at all. Uh, I thought we were a little sluggish, just not sharp out of the gate. But, uh, yeah, I, I, that's why I tweeted that. I couldn't, to me, it was just like it wasn't, it wasn't the fun you would think it would be hammering a conference opponent by 60 points. Uh, and, and to me, that's kind of, you know, I think I, I, we're just used to it. We're just so used to it. Yeah, I, I sort of, I think it's kind of like, it was kind of like watching a Stallings game when he would beat somebody and the final score would be 24 to nothing. And the, and you were never really threatened. I mean, there was never a time when I was like, oh, my God, our streak against SEC East foes and unranked opponents is coming to an end today. I never thought that for one second. Um, but it was more about – I mean, let's call a spade a spade. Kentucky was gashing our defense there for a bit. And the thing that made that the most frustrating, we could almost live – with even somebody like an Oklahoma that's not known for running the ball of late or a Texas Tech, we couldn't, uh, we could deal with their having their moments running early because we would say, oh, well, we've prepared for their short and long passing game. So we, you know, they're going to trick us with a little bit of runs early, but we'll adjust to that. We knew Kentucky can't pass the ball. They can't, pass. they are not good at the forward pass. 
So <laughs> they have nobody that can throw it. And and um, or catch so it. we were like, why are they running on us right now? Now, maybe, uh, you know, Alabama came out later. Alabama did have some guys that were out due to COVID. Uh, I don't think it was any starters, was it, Jimmy? I mean, I don't think it was. No. No, we had about eight guys out, and, and, and even of those eight, uh, I counted up, only three were really guys I would call second-team players. So right. wh- while we were down personnel, it was nothing that affected anything until we went to garbage time. I noticed when we went to garbage time, we kept uh, Emil Echior and Evan Neal stayed in, and I think it was largely because we were down a couple of linemen because of COVID. Yeah. So we couldn't really garbage time out the linemen like we did other spots. Yeah, and I also think that it's fair to say that it's not cool to Bryce Young to just say, okay, here's the whole second and third team dudes because we're steamrolling Kentucky, so go out there and make the magic happen, Bryce. That's not really fair to him, and I think we need to give him a shot with some guys. Like he threw a nice deep ball to Devontae Smith. He threw an unbelievable touchdown to Devontae Smith. Oh, my God, he fit that thing through a keyhole, through the eye of a needle. Um, and the pass to Devontae, the long pass to Devontae was fantastic. Um, but I go back to, I think at the first, there was some uh, gnashing of teeth and wringing of hands because Kentucky was able to run the ball. And the, the hilarious part of this is it felt like Kentucky was just running all over our ass. Oh, my God, this is awful. They end up with 59 yards rushing. They got 59 <laughs> yards rushing because they lose 36 on a, on a terrible snap from a field goal attempt, but even if that doesn't count, let's say they, they kick that field goal all as well, they still don't break 100 yards rushing. I mean, that's yeah, the fun uh, thing weird about person. being an Alabama fan. Yeah, it felt like somebody – you know it's why. It's because of years and years and years of uh, teams being fortunate to finish in the red at all. I mean, finish in the black at all against uh, against us rushing. And anytime anybody in the old days rushed for more than 30 yards against us, it was a miracle. So now when someone rushes for near 100 yards, it feels like they rush for 1,000. But I don't think it gets back, Luke, to kind of like where we are defensively as I, as I look through our defensive numbers and have watched us progress on defense this season because there's no doubt we're better than what we were to start the year defensively. But this is the way I would sum up how, how, where we are defensively. We are improved from where we were. We are now one of and possibly the best defense in the SEC. And we're probably one of the 10 best defenses in all of college football, probably probably one of the 10 best. But we are nowhere near as good as we were just in 2016, for instance. We're, we're a shadow of what we were in 2016. And it's just four years later. So I think we've sort of almost fallen off a cliff defensively yet we're still probably the best defense in the league and one of the better defenses in college football but we fall off the cliff from where we were four years ago for any number of reasons well watching that kentucky game at the very first of the game it made everybody want to pop open a cool cores light not just to relax but to man maybe just to take the edge off um Normally, though, you want to pop open a Coors Light because your life is so go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. You got all these work issues and friend issues and family issues, and it's only going to get worse around here at Thanksgiving. Look, the most important thing on the table at Thanksgiving, it isn't going to be 
the placeholder with your name on it and make sure that you spelled your aunt that you never see, but twice a year, her name, right? That's not going to be it. It's not going to be the Turkey. I hate Turkey, by the way, I hate Turkey. So I definitely don't think that's the most important thing. Most important thing on your table this Thanksgiving is Coors Light. Cause you're going to sit around with your family and you're going to pretend that you like each other and you're going to need to chill because I'm going to tell you, your mom's going to bring up a very embarrassing story when you bring that girlfriend home and she's going to ask you all about it. And on the car ride home, you're going to be like, I oh, just, uh, please. So you need to have a cold Coors Light to take the edge off this weekend. And also you got the Iron Bowl coming up. So it's a great time to pop open a Coors Light. Go visit them at CoorsLight.com. It's made to chill. Coors Light made to chill brewed right there in Golden, Colorado. I've actually toured the Coors Light facility. It is an awesome thing to do. So highly recommend it. Did it a few years ago. A lot of fun, but please celebrate responsibly. Also want to thank our friends over at Home Field Apparel. I'm wearing my Alabama Home Field Apparel t-shirt right this very minute. I practice what I preach. I went there and I bought some of their stuff. It's fantastic. Love the way it feels. Um, use the promo code LOCKEDONBAMA. Get 20% off your order. They're always running other specials too. So check them out. But we'd like for you to tell them that you heard about it at Locked On Bama because that lets them know, hey, it's working. And I'm telling you, you're going to love some of their stuff. It's The the line is going to keep growing, so keep checking the website early and often. Um, I found out that they've got a lot of other colleges too. Now, they add one, I think, about every Saturday, and it's sort of like a big reveal. And they, uh, they're they apparently they're right there in Indianapolis, right there home with the NCAA. And um, they, uh, they are big Indiana fans, apparently. And I think that's kind of cool. Their Twitter game is on point. Check them out at Home Field Apparel or go to at Home Field Apparel uh, and check them out on Twitter and follow along with them because they are a lot of fun. They're cool dudes. Just had a sweet idea about putting old logos on kick-ass T-shirts and and, uh, sweatshirts and things like that, and it's working out. And you will love everything you get from Home Field Apparel. Okay, Jimmy. uh, So going back to the game for a minute, you know, you and I always talk about and joke a little bit about Najee Harris. He may end up being Alabama's all-time leading rusher. Um, may end up with the most touchdowns in a single season. Got two more this weekend. <clears throat> Doesn't ever really have a long run, though. He finally broke one off that was 42 yards. Even if it was at 42 yards, it doesn't seem like that's the longest run somebody with his accolade should have. But, hey, kudos to him. And then there was a flag on that play, and I was like, if y'all call back his longest run of his career, I'm going to be pissed. That's funny. Yeah. So, but he had a good game, though. He played really well. Hmm? Yeah, he did. Uh, he, he was outstanding. Uh, I think one of the big stories of the game in terms of, like, what can we take from this as Alabama fans negatively or positively, a huge positive to me was Najee comes out, we go to what amounts to garbage time, because once again, Brian Robinson didn't get a lot of carries. I think he's still a little banged up. I, I don't think he's at 100%. So he didn't get a lot of carries. So we go to Jace, Jace McMillan and, and Roy Dell Williams uh, in, in this game. Uh, per, you know, and, and they got lots of carries, I think, between them, about 19 carries. And they were fantastic, particularly Jace. And I can't help but think, even though it was against Kentucky and even though it was garbage time, Jace may have earned himself maybe that Trey Sanders role that Trey had before his car accident. I, I thought Jace was just fantastic. And, and I know the competition. I know it's garbage time. I'm not making too much of it. But I'm just talking about the physical skill. His burst 
his feel for the game, the, the way he could run to daylight, the way he ran with authority, ran through tackles, around tackles. Jace, I, I, I had no doubt. I remember texting uh, friends when the game was over. I'm like, star. He's a star. I mean, J- Jace, Jace is going to be a star football player if he stays healthy. Just go ahead and put that in ink. No, I agree. He's got kind of a uh, – you know who he reminds me of a little bit? Jamal Lewis. Oh, really? Did you get that at all? I mean, I certainly didn't. Th- I certainly didn't think that in, in the sense that you know I, I, t- I tend to try to to keep my comps to Alabama players, just you know, so the the fans, you know. But but you know, I'll, I'll watch it again and see. So you don't Jamal hate him Lewis by 20? <laughs> <laughs> didn't Jamal Lewis wear twenty one? Also, is that where you're getting that from? Oh man! I Sometimes that's did. easy to do. <laughs> I think he wore twenty one. At Tennessee, so maybe that's where you got that from. Uncle Montoya Madden. I don't know why I remember that, but I do. (laughs) I just think Jace was one of my my takeaways from the game. Is is like, wow, this dude. Just like we saw Jaleel Billingsley in the first half, like there's just no question that next season, assuming Miller's moved on and Billingsley's the full time tight end, there's no Billingsley's going to be a star player at this level. He's just got to get bigger, stronger. Uh, be, be a, learn to be a more effective blocker, no different than O.J. Howard. But let me tell you, athletically, as a ball catcher, this guy is – he's O.J. I mean, he, he's very similar to O.J. Howard, and uh, I thought he was a big positive. Of course, we know what we get from Najee. He played well. Uh, Mac did not play his best game. I, I'm not going to use the word disappointed at all. You can't be when you look at the numbers and the way in which Alabama won the game in a couple of highlight throws – that Mac made, but he had an excellent day, uh, just an excellent opportunity to move up in the Heisman race because Trevor Lawrence uh, couldn't play again because of COVID. Uh, then Justin Fields threw three interceptions. Uh, Trask played well, but was behind Vanderbilt for a while in that game. It was just a great opportunity for Mac to sort of seize control, maybe of the Heisman race, and he just didn't have it. He, he, he just didn't play his best game. Uh, even though it was against, you know, marginal competition. So, um, but he did not play poorly at all. There's just no way you watch Mac Jones play that game and say, well, there's the best college football player in the country. Uh, you know, he, he just played, he played well. He played fine. Uh, was a little more reckless with the ball. The interception was a really bad decision, more of a bad decision than a bad throw in the sense that, you know, here, here's here's a point about Devontae and how awesome he is. Devontae is one of the best wide receivers to ever play in the Southeastern Conference, not just at Alabama. He's one of the great receivers in SEC history. But this is who Devontae isn't. He isn't the 50-50 ball guy. He isn't. You know, I'll tell you who is, Pickens, Seth Williams. Those tend to be bigger, more physical guys with long arms. Um, Devontae Smith is just not built to be the 50-50 guy. I think when, when Devontae is covered – which is rare. It's rare that he is. But when he is covered, it's not a great decision to just throw a jump ball up in the air. Devontae's barely six foot tall. He doesn't have particularly long arms. He's not the most – he's physical as hell pound for pound, but he's still barely – he's not bigger than most of the defensive backs that are covering him. So 50-50 balls are just bad ideas, Mac, when you're talking about Devontae. Um, don't, don't do that again. So, And then there's a couple other throws he probably wants back, but – Overall, I would call that a B performance for Mac, uh, but only because he'd set the standard. Uh, he'd set the bar so high earlier that uh, that it's kind of tough to hit that standard every week. 
No, and Jaleel Billingsley, look, tune in later this week to um, Locked on Bama. We should have a whole segment dedicated to his uh, first catch, which I think it was Alabama's first play of the game. Um, yeah. He looked incredible. He looked like everything we thought about, and I thought it was neat that Najee Harris said he could be the best athlete on the team. If you're the best athlete um, at Alabama, that's like having uh, the best body at, at, at the – Playboy Mansion. I mean, it's like, wow, really? <laughs> um, so we'll talk about Jaleel Billings later on in the week. Um, but, you know, you, you said something else about Mac and season control of the Heisman. And I, I, this may be just me projecting or actually sort of doing a hindsight thing. But I remember watching the Florida game, watching the Ohio State game, and both those guys – you know, Trask looked fine. I mean, he, he it's kind of a sad state of affairs when you have 300 yards passing, three TDs, your team wins kind of big, and everybody's like, yeah, it was fine. I mean, but we also know his competition was bad. And I think we penalized Trask a little bit because we're like, yeah, your numbers are awesome because your offense is incredible and your defense sucks so bad that Vanderbilt scores pretty easily on you. So you got to stay out there. Um, that's another thing. And so I think he penalized Trask a little bit because really he set the bar for himself so high, he's got to have four or five touchdowns every game where it's like, hey, it doesn't mean as much because we know how much extra you play versus some of these other contenders. Then um, with Justin Fields, he just looked like crap. He just had a bad game. He wasn't the best quarterback on the field that day. That Penix guy was the better quarterback. But what it made me think was, oh, crap, this is one of those days in college football when every favorite is going to uh, have to survive and, you know, they're gonna, there's going to be some struggle. And I thought that's what it was going to be after Kentucky's initial two drives. Not initial. I guess they punted on the first one, but then the next two drives. Um, I said, yeah, this is going to be a thing. And it wouldn't – that didn't come to fruition because we beat them by 60, but it was more like – it just wasn't a, a, a max best day. And that's fine. Right. Hey, look, if he saves his best day – for next week against Auburn, all is forgiven. I don't give a shit. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, and I'll tell you that Auburn line is, and and we will certainly talk about that later in the week. The Auburn line is so funky to me at minus twenty five. You said it was going to be twenty one. I said it should be about fourteen. Um, turns out it's twenty five, and it's going up. That blows my mind. It really does, considering we lost to this team a year ago. I mean, I mean, Alabama lost to Auburn last year, and now look, look what the line is. And, and and you're like, oh, Auburn must be 0-8. No, they're like 6-2. and two. So uh, it, the line is nuts. Uh, that being said, I'm not really ever sure I want to bet against Alabama ever. Uh, but, you know, one thing about, about Mac, this, this is kind of how I sense that race going right now, and I'm sort of half stealing this from my buddy Marcus, a uh, friend of the show, listens most most episodes, sort of half stealing this from him. So So credit to Marcus. Can we call him Mobile but, Marcus? Would that work? I uh, listen, Daphne. But uh, okay, well, works I mean, Daphne Mobile. slash Mobile Marcus, the Marcus I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, mean, it, I think yeah, I think it's a Marcus. You know, I'm pretty um, sure it's the Marcus I know. Yeah, he, well, he's on Crimson Country Club as well. Okay. Um, and he made this point of, you know, when I said, you know, that the Heisman race is really here's the separate here's the separation. The separation to me is there's five guys. Uh, there's Trevor and Fields and Mac and Trask and to some extent Zach Wilson from BYU. I think those five guys, one of them is going to win the Heisman. I, I would gladly bet money that 
of those five versus the field. I mean, that, I'd wager on that right now. It's going to be one of those five guys. So there's your separation. But among those five, no one's really run off. Maybe Fields had his three picks yesterday. That's not helping him out. Zach Wilson's not getting any big wins. That's not helping him out. But nevertheless, those are your five guys. What Marcus says and where he comes in, and this is what I agree, is look, if it stays this way, where it's these five guys are ahead, but no one really seems to have a big lead, what might decide this is Florida versus Alabama in the SEC championship game. The whole country is going to be watching. It's the night before the ballots are due. It's probably the last look the Heisman voters are going to have at the field, and it's two of them playing head-to-head in a game where both of them are likely to have quite a bit of success, you know, in, in terms of, you know, the scoreboard is going to be lit up that night in the Georgia Dome. So maybe this could be headed to a Mac Jones versus Kyle Trask showdown in Atlanta. Winner not only wins the SEC championship, winner might win the Heisman Trophy. I would like to see that. That would certainly make it a very intriguing game. Meanwhile, Jimmy, I hope when you're getting ready for your SEC championship game, you're stocking up on your built bar so it'll give you all that extra energy you need to get through that day. The SEC championship game is on at 7 o'clock again, which is cool, uh, a few Saturdays from now. And you're going to need a built bar to get through that. Uh, built bar is tastes delicious. They're covered in chocolate. They got 18 different flavors. My favorite is the carrot cake. I've said it a million times. Go to builtbar.com, B-U-I-L-T-B-A-R.com. Com. Use the promo code locked on and you will get 20% off your order. Delicious, delicious stuff. Jimmy and I have had them ourselves. I promise you, we love them. We're going to get more of them. They're just awesome and they're fantastic sponsors of all things locked on. Go check them out. It's great for a keto diet, it's great to maintain or lose weight. Um, I mean, I guess you could gain weight theoretically if you ate a bunch of them, but that's not really what they're designed to do. They're designed to uh, help you maintain a weight or even lose weight as you are, are more health conscious. These are delicious and very health conscious. So go check them out, builtbar.com. Use the promo code locked on. Jimmy, <clears throat> this would not be where I would normally go for the third segment before of the first podcast on the week of the Iron Bowl. However, I think it's important to note now with basketball coming up we assume basketball season is coming up we think it's coming up it's where Alabama's supposed to tip off on Wednesday and um, I'm looking forward to catching that game Alabama announced Friday uh that they are they're, they're hit with probation I guess technically but it's not really a probation there's no scholarship loss there's a 10-year show cause for Mr. Kobe Baker uh good luck getting a gig in NCAA again bud um but And we had already fired him, so it didn't matter. Um, But I think what this did was send a signal to every other school involved in this FBI thing that's going on that nobody can really make heads or tails of yet, that we're we're actually coming this time. We ain't screwing around. uh, We quit school because of recess. We don't play. You know, and um, I think that they're saying – Alabama, yeah, you, you want to look at this and call it a slap on the wrist? That's fine. It's not really because here's the thing. If you get hit with anything else, now you're in the window and you're kind of screwed. Um, but now, meanwhile, I just found out, you and you too and everybody, you texted it to our group, that uh, Auburn announced they're going to have a, a self-imposed tournament ban this year, which I think means they can't even play in the SEC tournament, assuming we have one. So, I believe that's true. Um. You know, and I think this is Auburn being very, very preemptive 
And I know that some Auburn fans are kind of saying, well, this is this is BS. We should fight it tooth and nail and do this and do that. See, the problem with fighting all these things, sometimes when you do that, it can bite you in the butt worse. And while you're fighting it, it's still going on and it just hovers over you like a like a bad poot. And so you just you you gotta you gotta just bite the bullet sometimes. But I don't think this is gonna be it for Auburn. It sure doesn't seem that way. Pat Forty has been uh kind of cryptic in some of his tweets saying, hey, Auburn did get a notice of allegations and it was severe. He tweeted that today saying this, you know, basically alluding to the fact this could just be the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, it's pretty rare in my recollection. I mean, when teams uh, offer up a postseason ban, which is about the worst thing that can happen outside of massive scholarship loss. Uh, but when teams <laughs> you got that's yeah, that's you know it's kind of, it's no different I mean than the criminal the criminal justice system I mean when 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 you're representing a uh, defendant in a criminal case and you go to the DA before the trial starts and it goes uh, what if we plead guilty and uh, we'll take five years that you only do that when there's a legitimate concern your dude's going to get locked up for 20. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that, that's, what, that's what, you know, there needs to be a legit, when you offer up jail time, there's a legit concern that the outcome of the trial could be really bad. So uh, there's every reason in the world to believe that Auburn is going to be hit much harder than that. And uh, if you're LSU, just go ahead and put on the hard hat now. Embrace, brace, because... Oh goodness, that's coming. But uh, you know, this you know, I'm stealing this from Cecil. I already stole one thing from Marcus uh, earlier. Let's steal something from Cecil. He said this years ago. I think as it related to one of the Alabama investigations, but I've never forgotten it. And that is this: the NCA is a bureaucracy. That's literally what it is. I mean, look up the definition of a bureaucracy, and it's going to describe what the NCA is. And the NCA is a very unpopular bureaucracy, like most bureaucracies are. And the first goal of a bureaucracy always has to be you have to justify your own existence because it's yeah. not popular and no one really knows what you do. Well, when the NCA has some opportunities, they love to justify their own existence, and this is what I mean by that. They're, they're going to prove to everyone that you need us. <laughs> you need this mechanism, this hammer and nail that we have, Everyone in college sports needs us because we will use this when someone goes not 75 and a 65, but when you go 95 and a 65, we've got a hammer and a nail, and you need us doing this or your sport will be very unfair. Yeah. Uh, and and, and that, that's what I think is happening here. And frankly, I know that the uh, penalties on Alabama, it, it feels like a little much considering that no kid was paid to attend Alabama, no kid – attending Alabama was paid by boosters or coaches. Uh, this was a sports agent related. It was a sports agent related violation. And it feels like Alabama got too much. Well, if, if Alabama and Alabama employees broke the rules, then we just need to accept whatever punishment comes. And uh, Auburn needs to do the same thing. And so does LSU. Yeah. And I think again, the fact that, um, a couple of things that would would scare me to death as a fan or an LSU fan. The fact that LSU has done literally nothing would be the scariest. I mean, LSU is, is what in the hell are you are you using a blender? <laughs> that is a motorcycle. 
I am on a balcony overlooking uh, the stadium, okay. and apparently a student, for his mode of transportation, is using the loudest motorcycle in the whole world to get around um, campus. That was ridiculous. I'm four stories up. Sounded well, like it was three feet from the phone. Uh, so anyway, if Will, LSU has done absolutely nothing to Will Wade, not even so much as come out and say, okay, we heard the video, the, the, the tape, that sounds bad. But we're not even 100% sure that's him. Even if they came out with the Eddie Murphy defense of it wasn't me. You know, if you've ever seen Eddie Murphy, and I think it was Eddie Murphy Raw, he was like, when you get caught cheating, just say it wasn't me. And she, the woman can go, hey, I saw you. You didn't see me. I wasn't me. I wasn't looked me. right at your face. It wasn't me. And then eventually she'll go, yeah, maybe it wasn't you. You know, that's what they, <laughs> they came out with that defense. I could live with it. But they've basically been just radio silent and TV silent and social media silent. So I think LSU is just going to ride or die with Will Wade and good luck with that. Cause you've also got to ride or die with Ed Orgeron in the uh, little passenger car on, tied to the motorcycle with his shirt off. Um, <laughs> it's, wow. it's just not Auburn, a, LSU. I hope they enjoyed 2019 and I'm not saying that to be a smart yeah. ass, but I mean, but it, it's just, it's just the best advice. Enjoy 2019. Meanwhile, I hope you have it on DVD. Me- Enjoy it over and over and over again, and then check back with us at about 2025. Yeah. Meanwhile, Auburn hired a guy that the NCAA hates, that most of his cohorts hate. It seems like every coach in America dislikes Bruce Pearl, right? Um, now, he, he the NCAA basically said, nobody really needs to hire this guy. Yeah, you can hire him, but we would prefer you didn't. And so Auburn did it anyway. Now, was this was Bruce Pearl directly involved with whatever Chuck Person was doing? I don't know, but I'm going to tell you this: he's the head coach, and this is basketball. This much less defensible in basketball than it is football. I mean, the basketball you should know kind of what your assistant coaches are doing. Nick Saban, when he had Lane Kiffin on the staff, there's no way he could keep up with anybody else. He's too busy putting out Lane Kiffin fires. So, you know, when football, you've got several other assistants that you got to deal with. So, I'm, I'm, I mean, again, I think Auburn's going to be guilty of a few things, sort of spitting in the NCAA's face here and probably whatever it is Bruce Pearl did. And here's the other thing. We don't know that this is all just related to Chuck Person. I think Auburn has put out a statement saying we're doing this pre, this uh, preemptive postseason ban because of the Chuck Person stuff. But it also tells me, hey, why didn't you all just do this a long time ago? It seems like you know something else is coming down the pike and you're trying to save face now because here's the other thing that's, that I've said other thing like six times. So I should say here are several other things. Um, you know, Auburn just signed two top 40 basketball players last week and yep. probably didn't tell them a damn thing about any of this. <laughs> probably, probably not. I mean, we don't know, probably not, but Auburn, is famous, and, and, and you already mentioned Pat Forty talking about they received an NOA. Fans didn't know that. We hadn't seen that. The public hadn't seen that, even yeah. though Auburn is a public institution. We hadn't seen that. Auburn famously keeps their NCAA problems very quiet and, 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 and covers up and, and just doesn't let anyone know anything, and then all of a sudden sanctions come out. I mean, that's just their, their way of doing things. And the way I like it, I mean, you, you already explained it perfectly, but, but Auburn – hired someone that was under an NCAA show cause penalty, not when it expired, while he was still under it. So Auburn, Auburn, this is what you hired, 
and uh, don't 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 do anything now but embrace this because this is exactly what you asked for. All right, Jimmy, that's going to do it for this podcast. Be sure to check in with us tomorrow. We'll talk about Batman and the NFL, um, and we'll get ready for the Iron Bowl. I'm getting excited, and it's turkey week, so uh, I don't like turkey, but I enjoy being around my family for a little while. (laughs) Yeah, happy uh, Thanksgiving, everybody, and happy Iron Bowl week. Roll Tide, buddy. Roll Tide.